0: Did the Commanders have any of their defensive ends rank in the ESPN Top Ten list? And we dive into three to watch on the offensive line, all on this edition of the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Let's roll. Our Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast
1: on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, and welcome in everybody. Good to have you with us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. I am Chris Russell. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. We are your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Locked On Commanders is free and available on all platforms including now on YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app. W-U-S-A-9, your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C., has a new stream app that is a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Download the W-U-S-A-9 Plus app now from your Roku or Amazon Fire TV stick. Again, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show, which can be found on the T980 Monday through Friday. Uh, from 9 to noon, and that's Eastern time, of course, or any time on Rewind and or on download on the Odyssey app. My partner, David Harrison, is off tonight. He's busy covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation. You can find us on Twitter, at DHarrison82, Wrestlemania621 for me, and at LOCommanders, as we thank you for making us your first do and your first listen of the day. Great to have you with us. And we start with obviously some uh, some some tough news uh, is is the best way I could put it. uh, And that is former commander's special teams captain, the Shazer Everett. uh, And again, he is former. The team did release him uh, pleaded guilty on Tuesday in Loudoun County, Virginia, to a reduced charge of misdemeanor reckless driving following His involvement in a fatal single car accident that cost the life of his longtime girlfriend, Olivia Peters, who was visiting Washington and Virginia from Las Vegas on December 23rd of last year. That, according to court records, as written up by multiple different outlets. Uh, Everett was facing a charge of felony involuntary manslaughter. Again, he entered the guilty plea uh, when the prosecution offered that uh, to reduce the initial charge. Uh DeShazer ever played from 2015 through 2021 again a former Commanders special teams captain and a guy I didn't know very well to be honest with you I was cycling in and out of the beat I wasn't always in the locker room so others know him way better than I do uh, but everything I knew good guy you know uh, obviously a hard worker not a great safety but a very core key member of the special teams 30 years old now and again unfortunately his girlfriend uh, Olivia Peters, age 29, passed away in this accident. Uh, he was allegedly driving more than twice the posted 45 mile per hour speed limit. Uh, car went off the road uh, on a windy. I, I go past this accident scene sometimes. It is a tough stretch in Loudoun County. You should not be driving anywhere close to as fast as DeShazer Everett. Uh, just pled guilty to driving. Uh, I I hope he can recover from this. I hope he can resume his life in some sort of normal way. Uh, Unfortunately, Olivia Peters won't. And uh, allegedly there were other commanders, players behind the group. I I don't know exactly what happened here. I don't know if we'll ever know. Uh, But one thing I will say is, you know, yes, Washington had to make a choice to cut ties with DeShazer Everett. I mean, I guess they could have gone through the process and seen it out and maybe he would face you know a suspension on the personal conduct policy I'm not sure how that's going to go I would have to imagine any team that signs him is going to have to deal with something like that so maybe the commanders just didn't want that uh, on their head I understand why they cut uh, corners with him but this is just something I'll I'll just say We, we 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 Say often at the end of every show, don't you dare drive like a maniac? Well, this is kind of what I mean. Last year, the NFL faced a couple of incidents like this that lives were lost. Shazer Everett and, again, Olivia Peters, and ironically both involving residents of Las Vegas. That's where Olivia Peters, the Shazer Everett's girlfriend, was uh, from. Also, Tina Turner, uh, who – perished in a brutal, fatal car accident when Henry Ruggs III uh, was allegedly drunk and driving at alleged speeds of over 150 miles per hour in Las Vegas and killed her and her dog. You know, I could just say this. Two careers lost, two lives lost, and actually three lives lost when you factor in the loss of the dog. Um, Please. I don't mean to be a jerk here. If the speed limit's 45, can we go 55 and not 90 or 80 or 85? Um, You know, maybe I'm an old man. I, I fear for my life every single day driving to Washington, D.C., having to go and do a radio show uh, in the nation's capital from Virginia, about a 35-mile each-way trip every day of my life, every moment I'm half paranoid that I'm going to be taken out by some reckless maniac who's driving way over the speed limit. I see it every day, guys. I see it every day. And most of you, I'm sure, see it regularly, if not every day. And most of you probably feel the same. Maybe you're not uh, willing to admit it, but I am. I'm scared to death. Please stop. Please stop driving recklessly. Please stop driving like a maniac. I know many of you won't. But if you do, if you hear this message, It costs lives, and it costs careers. I don't know if DeShazer Everett's ever going to play in the NFL again. I have no idea. He's probably not going to play with the Commanders again. I can't imagine that they pick him back up after this. I can't rule it out. But the point being is it cost him his career for at least right now and maybe forever, and it cost lives, and it cost lives in Las Vegas and two Las Vegas residents Uh, One passing away in Virginia and one in Las Vegas. So please, please keep that in mind. All right. I'm done sermonizing, if you will. But I wanted to get that out with the news on Shazer Everett. Now, we move on to football, right? Take a deep breath. We try and lift the spirits, if you will, a little bit. And here's how we're going to do that. David's been writing this series on SI.com's Fan Nation Three players to watch at a certain position group, right? We've covered the last couple of episodes, uh, the first couple of episodes this week, the tight end uh, and the wide receivers. And now today we're going to take a look at what David wrote about the offensive line and how I'm going to answer it as well. Again, you can check out the full post, si.com. Slash NFL slash commanders, uh, and you can search for it. And I'm going to post it up, uh, in terms of the uh, show descriptions and in terms of, uh, our Twitter feed at LO commanders, at LO commanders, uh, as well. So David's three to watch are Trey Turner, the new right guard, Chase Rullier, the existing but injured center, and Chris Paul, the new seventh round pick rookie out of Tulsa. I think those are three reasonable choices three solid choices no doubt about it here's how I'll answer that just those three Trey Turner I have less questions at least in my mind about the 29 year old former five-time pro bowler than I do about Andrew Norwell I'm not saying Trey Turner's way better than Andrew Norwell but I do think he's slightly better and I just seem to have a more questions in my mind about Norwell, uh, than Trey Turner, which is going to lead to obviously where we go, uh, out of there. I don't know if Chris Paul's going to make the roster. Um, he seems like a nice kid. Uh, if he does make the team, uh, th- that would be great. Now, he's probably going to have to push off somebody that is a little bit more certainly established. He's versatile. I think he can play both guard positions. I think he may be able to play right tackle. Not sure about left tackle. I know he did some of that at Tulsa, Uh, all of that. Chase Roulier, we know. The only question about him is whether the injury somehow affects him moving forward and whether he'll be truly ready for week one. I don't think you'll see him play in the preseason, but I do think the injury happened early enough that he'll play. Uh, in week one of the NFL season against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, my three to watch uh, as we move this forward, heading into training camp, again, David's Trey Turner, Chase Rulier, Chris Paul. My three to watch are Sam Cosme, Andrew Norwell, who we just talked about, and Sadi Charles. Now, let me spend a little time on Cosme. I don't question his run blocking. I think he's really good in there. I do have questions, and I think everybody does legitimately, about his pass blocking. We saw that at times last year, uh, and I think that was a knock against him coming out of Texas. We don't question the athlete. We question his durability. Can he stay on the field? He only played nine games last year. That's a big, 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 big question. It has to be. There's no doubt. It has to be. It just is. It's a big question for everybody that plays the offensive tackle position, but especially when you miss half of your rookie year. As far as Sadiq Charles, I don't know what he is. At times he looks the part and looks fine and looks okay, and I think he can get after it a little bit. Versatile, can play, again, right tackle, right guard, left guard, maybe left tackle. Uh, That's what position he played at LSU. But he's been slowish to develop which maybe you should have expected, maybe I should have expected. I want to see more. I want to see him step up in a big-time way because if Washington can save a roster spot by him adequately or above average playing four different positions, that's going to help. Now, it might also push one of David's guys, Chris Paul, off the initial roster. I think Chris Paul would be fine to get through the practice squad and remember Ron Rivera And John Masco love their offensive linemen, hence the reason why I went with 10 last week when we did our offensive projections. Coming up, we break down the commanders in terms of this. Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew were ranked where? When it comes to NFL front office slash GM posts, you might be surprised. We'll tell you that coming up shortly. But first, we tell you about our friends at betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find out all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball. And preseason football, guys, is straight ahead. Just think about it. The Hall of Fame game's like a week and a half away. You could start putting down change on an NFL football. Yes, I know the preseason, but still, that's exciting. Uh the Raiders, and I think the Jaguars are playing in Canton. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, eSports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net, they're our friends. We love them. Uh, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sporting events, uh, even the ones that don't maybe get as much attention like MMA, boxing, golf, what have you. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online where the game starts.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view of the day. Once again, I'm Chris Russell, David Harrison, out on this particular episode. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? We were just telling you about our friends at BetOnline.net. It's already underway. Locked On Podcast Network gives you the most, uh, the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers' perspective at BetOnline. Available right now on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts, and, of course, on YouTube, which is how you can consume the Locked On Commanders podcast. Absolutely, and we appreciate you for consuming one way or the other. So where did the combination of Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew rank in terms of a general manager front office setup? We had a recent poll analysis piece. You know, you see all of that at this time of the year. Everybody's bored. Everybody wants football to come back. Uh, we'll have some on-field stuff, of course, next week. Ron Rivera scheduled to talk right now on Tuesday afternoon of next week, guys, uh, Tuesday afternoon of next week, and then, of course, practice starts the next morning. So Patrick Gardy of NBC Sports Edge recently ranked each team's general manager situation. Now, some teams have one traditional GM that has all the power, and then, of course, the head coach. Some teams have the head coach as the general manager, i.e., what? Kind of sort of happens here. Uh, then you have kind of a tag team, uh, with the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, even though their roles are clearly defined, Les Snead is the GM, Sean McVay is the head coach. You know that Sean McVay has significant input and has, and of course now will have even more, you would think, after winning a Super Bowl, right? Well, Washington's general manager situation, which Darty in this piece, uh, referred to as quote unquote various ranked, eh, Number 26 in the NFL. And you might say, well, Chris, that's not worse, right? And you're right. It's not worse. The problem is they already only ranked 27 situations or individuals because he didn't take into account, of course, all the new GMs around the league. You're Ryan Poles in Chicago. You're Joe Shanes in uh, New York, so on and so forth, right? So there's only 27 ranked. Number 27 on the list, go figure, Predictably, Trent balky of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who a lot of people have a major issue with. So that's the only GM situation that ranked below Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew. Here's what Daugherty uh, basically had to say. What exactly is the plan here, he said. One thing is clear. There's no shortage of cooks in the kitchen. Martin Mayhew is the general manager. Marty Herney is the executive VP of player personnel. Both report directly to Coach Juan Rivera, who has the final say over the team's football and personnel department. Some in there senior advisor Doug Williams and cap manager Rob Rogers. Together, their big offseason gambit was trading a pair of third-round picks. Uh, That's not exactly true because one of those picks – i.e. this year could turn into a second-round pick, uh conditional. So it's not really two third-round picks. It could be, but it's not absolutely for a quarterback who just flopped with his self-professed mentor, Frank Reich in Indianapolis, coming off of a 2021 draft class that was not productive in its first year in the NFL. And again, certainly you can uh, you know make that argument. The Commanders made a polarizing first-round selection in Jahan Dotson. After signing Curtis Samuel last spring and extending Terry McLaurin this summer, they have a huge amount of resources invested in a position Wentz was weirdly indifferent about targeting in both Indianapolis and Philadelphia. Everything will look better if Chase Young and Montez Sweat come back healthy after 2021 injuries, but Wentz was about the least inspiring wagon imaginable for this front office to hitch its fortunes to. Yikes. Well, guys, listen, we, we, we've talked about all of this. Uh, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on this. You know how we feel. I, I mean, I still have major questions about Carson Wentz. I think anybody that doesn't is fooling themselves and is just filling out talking points. And, and, and you're going to hear nothing but positivity and praise from Ron Rivera and a lot of the teammates. And maybe some of that is true. Maybe a lot of that is true. But those are talking points. We have to wait until October or November when things go sour and you've lost three in a row and he's thrown two touchdowns and six interceptions over three games, that type of thing, to see how good Carson Wentz is. Can he dig out of that? Can he rally the cause? Do teammates start to divide? All of that stuff. As far as Jahan Dotson, listen, maybe they've over-invested in the wide receiver. Look, I don't think Carson Wentz had a lot of weapons in Philadelphia and or in Indianapolis at the wide receiver position. That's one reason why they really haven't targeted that particular position. I mean, Jonathan Taylor was the main meal piece in Indianapolis. In Philadelphia, you say probably Zach Ertz, and at times, different wide receivers along the way, and he kind of made and mixed and matched and, and all that, so... This is clearly a different team, but it's also if Logan Thomas can return to health at some point and full health and hopeful, full productivity. This is a team that's got a good on paper receiver group. Also, maybe very good, uh, depending on the quarterback, depending on health, depending on all of that. Also, a pretty fairly good uh running game and back backs out of the backfield in terms of pass catching, right? I think all three guys can do that. Gibson, Brian Robinson, Jr., the rookie out of Alabama, and, of course, J.D. McKissick and maybe more. And then on top of that, again, the tight end position. Now, it'll really be accentuated if Logan Thomas can return to pre-injury form Logan Thomas. It will be certainly a major question until then and until we see that. And I think it is a major question going in uh, to camp for those of us that follow this team on an individual basis. So, I think this ranking is a little harsh on Rivera and Mayhew. I wouldn't put them much higher. I wouldn't put them much higher. But to me, like, is Houston's situation with Nick Casario any better? I don't know. Um Is Atlanta's situation with Terry Fontenot any better? I don't. I don't think so. I, I could be wrong. But there's a couple of situations out there that are known or at least somewhat established for at least a year where I could make a strong argument the Commanders are in much better position than those two particular organizations and teams and rosters that I just mentioned. Again, I wouldn't put Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew, like, in the middle of the pack or in the top ten or anything like that. I'm not being silly, but I wouldn't put them all the way near the bottom in Trent Balky territory. That's just me. I could be wrong. That's my opinion. All right. When we return on the Locked On Commanders podcast, we'll close it out. Uh, on this solo edition – Where did the Washington vaunted edge pass rushers rank on ESPN's ranking and analysis project? Or did they? We'll answer that question and tell you why or why not next, right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast.
0: All right, guys, once again, I'm Chris Russell. David Harrison will return on the next episode. He'll be flying solo as we're back to our normal regular season schedule. So where did Washington's vaunted edge pass rushers of Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and I guess more rank on ESPN's top ten list? We've cycled through the offense, as you know. Only Terry McLaurin got honorable mention. No other position group featured any list uh, of any commanders. Well, on the pass rush ranking, or edge pass rusher, I should say, which includes 4-3 defensive ends, 3-4 outside linebackers, but not interior defensive tackles, Chase Young did make the list. Yay! He didn't make the top 10. He got honorable mention, which I guess is better than being shut out or in the also receiving votes category. Let me read you what ESPN's personnel executives and Jeremy Fowler kind of tallied up about Chase Young. Said, quote, Young won the Defensive Rookie of the Year award in 2020, but struggled in year two with one and a half sacks in nine games. And now he's recovering from a torn ACL that could affect his early season outlook for 2022. Quote, he'll be fine long term, an NFL, uh, end quote, an NFC front office official said. Quote, he's the, he's best when he plays with power. He is a power first guy. End quote. I think that's true. I think Chase Young lacks a repertoire of moves, a variety of moves. I think he's got a lot of refinement in this game. I think he's got to play with more structure and sound. I think he dominated a bunch of injury-prone, bad offensive tackles in the second half of 2022. And when asked to really play well, in one game he did it against Trent Williams. And I'll give him the credit. One game against Donovan Smith in Tampa Bay, he was completely completely shut down so we have to see more even before last year's chase young which was already disappointing on the field for a variety of reasons and now again you factor in again the recovery from the acl uh also receiving of in the group of honorable mention was trey hendrickson of the bengals daniel hunter of the vikings to marcus lawrence of the cowboys Shaq barrett of tampa i think all of those guys are better than chase young that's me I could be wrong. Maybe that's recency biased. I don't know. Um, He did rank clearly ahead of, and that group did rank ahead of, Josh Allen of the Jaguars, Robert Quinn of the Bears, Rashawn Gary of the Green Bay Packers, who were in the also receiving votes category on ESPN's top 10 list all right guys that's going to do it for us we want to thank you again for making the locked on commanders podcast your first listen and your first view of the day come on back for the next episode david harrison will be flying solo and then we'll be back together again before the week is out now make your second listen and view the locked on nfl podcast our national nfl experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason what is that doesn't equal a break in the action. Follow Locked on NFL every day on the Odyssey app. YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. You want to hop in at 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577 on the voicemail line or locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com. Again, that's going to do it for us today, Commanders fans. Thanks again for joining me and us. We're free and available on all platforms. Again, David back on the next episode. We'll return together before the week is out. For David Harrison, who's covering the Washington Commanders on ssad.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell. One half of the Russell and Metaher show on the Team 980- Pete Medhurst will be back right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast.